about telekinetic activity. Look at this mess. Raymond, look at this. Exoplasmic residue. Thanks, and get a sample of this. Broadcasting live from an airstream somewhere in Tornado Alley, bringing you the people, places, and stories from the Panhandle to the Red River. This is your Only in Oklahoma show. Well, Oklatober continues, and this time around, we're taking a ghost walk through the spirit realm with the Sultan of Spirit Walks, Jeff Provine. I'm Brent. And I am Harley. You know, it's been, you know, we talk about a little bit in the opening to the interview. It has been four years since we talked to Jeff Provine last. Uh, I couldn't believe it when I saw it, but again, I th- dude, we just deleted a couple of years out of the calendar, I think. Yeah, but it's been four years and 20 books since we, <laughs> he's oh written my God. 20 books since the last time we talked to him. But you know, you talking about that a little bit, how we kind of deleted a couple of years. You know, we've talked to some ghost, some ghost walk tour guides around, and you know, they did, there were a lot of uh, concessions made and a lot of modifications made to doing some of those ghost walks to not discontinue those. But you know, it was just so few and far between. There really wasn't a whole lot to talk about. And in four years, man, Jeff, he's been a been a busy guy. Yeah, I think you know they locked him down, and he just. Busted out a dozen books. A dozen books. Well, we get to talk to him about, in his latest book, Haunted Garfield County. Let's talk to Jeff Provine. Well, chances are likely, if you've heard the word ghost walk, you've heard of Jeff Provine. He does ghost walks absolutely anywhere and everywhere. He's written a hundred books. He's the ghost host with the most. It's Jeff Provine. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, it is our pleasure to have you back on the show again. You have been a very busy person since the last time we spoke. Yeah. Can yeah, you? which... It's been a minute, yeah. How long ago? I, it's I been think, four years. I think yeah. it's four years. Look, four years. Yeah, well, the, two of those years don't count. Well, you know, that's that's become kind of a theme on this show when we talk to people <laughs> we haven't talked since before the Voldemort virus that nobody talks about. What a crazy time. I'm sure there'll be plenty of those ghost stories in a a hundred years from now. Uh, We're talking about the plague. So what have you been up to, man, in the last four years? I have been doing uh, quite a bit of writing. So uh, sticking around, reading, and uh, seeing what stories we have not only here in Oklahoma, but then worldwide, too, is this book I had out last spring called Compendium of Creeps. Uh, but my latest Oklahoma book that came out this past fall is Haunted Garfield County. And like I said off the air, you, you're you a Garfield County alum, right? That's right. I grew up uh, just one mile north of the county line in Grant County on the old family land run farm. That has got to be... If that's not where your, your interest in kind of the... I hate to say paranormal because that just... Ugh, if that doesn't kind of heighten your passion for what you do living on something as historic as or in such a historic location as that i don't know what would honestly oh yeah yeah it's all you know you walk past the same stuff every day but you don't really hear the stories about you know why this building is here and who built this and all that so i had the luxury of at least you know having family photos of the people who built this man that is that is so cool so garfield county you know Again, when when we think, I think when p- most people think Jeff Provine, they automatically think the ghost tours in Norman and OKC. But 
with this book, Garfield County, you really shine a light on something, again, that maybe a lot of people may not have any any knowledge about. Can you tell us a little, little bit about what in, went into writing that book? Yeah. Well, first thing, uh, I knew I wanted to team up with Tammy Wilson, uh, who's also from Enid, and uh, she has tons of stories doing her ghost tour up there. Uh, and I knew a couple of very recent things and a lot of historical spooky stories. And she has all these stories that I was just a little bit too young to, to know about, uh, like Dead Man's Cave and the murder and all, all the spooky stuff going on there. So teamed up and put together something that I learned a lot, uh, having written it. And uh, I hope a lot of people pick it up and learn these things, too. Can you tell us a good Enid scary story? I mean, it being October and all. Oh, yeah, there's no shortage, uh, which I mentioned Dead Man's Cave, um, which you can go visit there. It's just a little bit north of downtown. Uh, it's not actually a cave. It's the drainage system from old Boggy Creek mm. so that would run through. And um, they, after the big flood, basically paved over it. And so it's just an easy way for the extra creek water to go under the town instead of through the town, uh, which when it's not flooded, uh, it's a very infamous uh, kind of subterranean highway. So people could uh, enter into it and then uh, walk underground all the way down to about St. Mary's. Well, how how far is that on, on surface level? How Like, what what's the distance? Uh, with the twisting and stuff, I think it would be just a little bit over a mile. Wow. Uh, but while you're down there, yeah, you got to keep an eye out because you'll hear footsteps of other people walking around, which you know, is pretty spooky when you don't know who these people are. Right. Are these, and then you have to wonder, are these spectral footsteps or is it a transient footstep, which is even more, more probably more frightening than a spectral footstep? That's right. Different kind of spooky. So, so. so Jeff, you know, I, I, someone told me a story, and I, I was like, is this real? Can you go into the, the John Wilkes book? Booth legend of Enid, just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, which I did not expect this. I'd heard it, you know, a little bit, but uh, once I started looking into it, there was a lot of weird, weird coincidences, if not the truth. So, of course, the accepted truth is John Wilkes Booth was uh, killed in Virginia uh, after the assassination of Lincoln and everything. And there's lots of people who have theories that it wasn't actually him and was uh, hiding out. Somebody covered for him and all this stuff. And uh, the military said they had gotten him and so they'd already dispatched some of the money and all everything, so they were a little hesitant to walk that back. But the story is that he got away. And then tying it with the Enid story, uh, shortly after the turn of the century into the 1900s, there was this guy who uh, got really, really sick and, and wanted to talk to a priest. And so they brought him in, and he confessed that he was uh, John Wilkes Booth, and he'd been on the run for all these years. And so the guy was like, yeah, sure, good, uh, you know. <laughs> you're right. sick, so I'll, I'll humor you and so forth. Right. But, and then he died after it. And, you know, he was kind of infamous around town. Uh, he uh, would recite Shakespeare for beer money. Oh, wow. He'd be like, hey, buy me a drink and I'll, I'll give you a swill of and all this, uh, which is kind of a weird thing for a guy who was a professional house painter, which is uh, another word for transient back then. Uh, <laughs> right. In, yeah. Well, in the, the reciting Shakespeare thing would maybe back up some of the claims of being John Wilkes Booth since – John Wilkes Booth was wasn't he not an actor at the Ford Theater as well? Uh, quite a few theaters. He yeah. traveled around a lot. Yeah, he and uh, he was a whole family of actors. Well, well recognized. So, I heard somebody today was saying like uh, it'd be like if one of the Hemsworths assassinated the president, and wow. be like, dang, really? Like, yeah, you don't think wild. about that. 
you, yeah, you yeah. Wilkes Booth almost kind of was made out to almost be like a patsy, just a little. You know what I mean? Not nothing to t- be taking too seriously. But again, like you said, once you start kind of peeling back those layers, uh, you find out, wow, like you said, he was basically kind of like a Hemsworth. So let me ask you a question. Oh, yeah. While putting this book together, you've ri- you've written a few books, but obviously this book is probably a little bit more personal since it's kind of in your neck of the woods. Did you kind of find yourself, you know, and I've asked a few ghost uh, tour hosts, this kind of thing, with certain stories you kind of gravitate to more, is there any of them that kind of became almost like you had like a personal connection to? Does that ever happen for you, or are you able to separate that? Uh, well, I, I always have an interest in it, so that's really what, what uh, keeps it going. I think the most personal one, while we were talking about cryptids up around the Enid area, told the story of the Hillsdale Monster, which was a story that um, my brothers and I traded back and forth so many times that we, we got the monster up to about eight feet tall with glowing red eyes, I think, <laughs> uh, by the end of it. To which, when I got old enough that I was you know, starting to question stories and things, uh, I asked my grandfather whether it was an actual story, and he uh, said yes, uh, but it wasn't what we thought it was. It was uh, a kangaroo that had escaped from a circus train back in the 20s or 30s, and uh, for years, people would be out hunting deer or driving down the highway, and they'd see a kangaroo jump out of the creek bottoms there and, and out across the field, which yeah. is not what you expect in central Oklahoma. No, not at all, unless you you live near Joe Exotic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which that's another type of scary. That's another type, and another type of tiger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Jeff, uh, obviously, you've written tons of books. Your specialty is the ghost tours. We know you're a busy guy. What what do you got on the calendar? What's next? Where do we meet you? Well, I've been doing lots of tours, Oklahoma City and Norman. So we got those going October fourteenth and twentieth and twenty first and twenty sixth, all in Oklahoma City. And Gee, then Norman man. on the twelfth and twentieth. But the one I'm really pumped for is we did a pilot of this last year, uh teaming up with Core Four Brewery to do a film row. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about the Paramount building and uh, the gray man up at the Civic Center. All kinds of stories don't get to share very often. Wait a second. No, no, no. Back up. You're not allowed to say the gray man at the Civic Center without talking about the gray man at the Civic Center. Oh, yeah. There's a lot, a lot to be told there. So, which I first thought when they were uh, doing some spooky stories and and, uh, just kind of showing stuff off on Facebook while they were closed up during COVID. And they had video footage of him. And you go go on the Civic Center's website, you can still dig it up or through their Facebook page. And it shows, back when they were doing Titanic the Musical, a bunch of uh, uh, props from the actual Titanic there uh, in the front. And the shadow moves past and the, uh, a bench scoots by as, as it moves by. And then the security guard comes running around the corner and he stops and looks really confused and gets on his radio trying to you know, figure out uh, they heard, clearly hurt somebody and went over to go see who it was but nobody was there. Typical. Typical Titanic ghost. <laughs> so <laughs> what day is is this particular ghost tour happening? So that is Wednesday, October 18th at 7 o'clock. Man. Our timing and your timing is always bad. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. So where will you be meeting up for that one? Yeah, we'll meet up at Core 4, and we'll take a uh, loop there around Film Row and a little bit of the Arts Quarter in OKC, and then we'll come back and... Uh, 
finish up in the very basement of the Paramount building where they've heard EVPs and seen a lady in kind of mid-century dress and um, they uh, they call her the pretty lady because they don't they don't want to upset her. <laughs> That's well, I do that to human women. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, how many books do you have out currently? What's the the grand well, total the in the library? Yeah, I've got nonfiction of uh, nine, and then I've got a couple of fiction novels and my 31 Ghost Stories collection illustrated by Oklahoma City artist Ellis Goodson. Kind of like the old scary stories to tell in the dark with urban legends, all the spooky drawings. Those are, as a, we're, we're all children of that, of that era. Those are by far, people talk about Goosebumps books. The scariest Uh stories to tell in the dark. The third one was okay, but the first two, are still some of the they're burnt and etched and especially the artwork especially are just Uh it's just embedded in your brain they just it lives there rent free oh yeah yeah harold the scarecrow man oh yeah the movies didn't do those books the movie didn't do those books any justice to be honest with you yeah i mean it was a good movie but like how can you you yeah there's no way so i have one quick question to ask you can we do you think they will ever open up Central State or slash Griffin to any type of tours, or are they just going to let that sit there in disrepair? Uh, we'll find out since uh, the Central State Mental Hospital is moving up to Oklahoma City. They they signed the paperwork on it, okay. uh, much to the chagrin of a lot of Normanites. But how did uh, that happen? How do you be empty? How, did they lose that in a bidding war? How the hell did they Norman let that happen? Uh, yeah, they, uh, Oklahoma City leaders just, um, promised a whole bunch of land and money for, for the movement, and, uh, Norman just couldn't compete. So, now we'll, well, I guess we'll have some buildings for sale pretty soon that have a lot of spooky stories attached oh, to them. Oh, man, so, it's so, you know what's, what's, in the market. what's funny about that place is I drove through there, I'm not TikTok famous, I have one viral video on TikTok, and it was me just videoing the grounds, and it got like, I don't know, 120,000 views or something. People are really curious about that place, you, and there's a lot of history oh, there, yeah. especially people that have lived there and go, "Oh, it's this and this." You know, everybody everybody's got a story to tell or a curiosity about it. Even during the day, it's one of the creepiest uh-huh. campuses that you can. Oh yeah, and they, I, it's just like I don't know. It's a free roaming tour. I just I would give anything to take a pl- piece of plywood off and go through that building. Honestly, uh-huh. have you been in there before? Oh yeah. Yeah, years ago, they opened up the first floor of uh, Hope Hall, which is the big, long building uh-huh. with the um, uh, balconies over the front doors, oh, all yeah. fenced in, yeah. which sometimes they have wheelchairs out there and sometimes they don't, uh, which <laughs> Interesting. is spooky since those upper floors are all sealed up for black mold. Uh, but they did have the first floor open for kind of a, a mental health awareness thing they did, uh, which was a really cool outreach bit that uh, also... Gave some really cool insights to just what was going on right there. It was um, mind blowing. So a lot of the early uh, electroshock therapy was actually experimented with there over at Griffin back yeah. in the 30s and 40s. Yeah, definitely. You get a one flu over the cuckoo's nest vibe when you're down there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, I, there's mental health has come a long way. That's for sure. It has come for a sure. long way. Yes. Something that I've never yep. talked about yep. on the show. I lived in Norman. In 1983, I was in fourth grade. Yeah. And I lived on Eufaula right by Griffin Memorial Hospital and walked past that place on a, that is the most terrifying building (laughs) 
when you can't mm-hmm. actually see above the window sills. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, it, it's just, it's terrifying. And then, you know, if you had to walk past there after dark, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it today. Now, Jeff, you know, we talk about your job is kind of like being a, you're, you're a storyteller. Let's be realistic and you have to be damn right. good at it. Are there any, has there ever been a moment where you're, where you kind of, what gives you the willies? Uh, actually, I am really easy to scare. I am constantly freaking out over, even telling <laughs> my own stories. So time and again, you scare yourself. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you, let me, can you kill your own spiders though? Oh, well, I try to uh, capture them. Me too. I don't kill them. I won't kill I will I will relocate. I just wanted to make sure what your level of creepy is and mine is. (laughs) I Yeah, free-roaming specters are kind of where I draw the line. I just didn't know where where your bar bar was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we've had some tours where, uh, like outside the barbershop in Norman, we have a apartment upstairs where the family uh, had lived, and now it's all storage sealed up but during a tour we had the uh, blinds pulled back or the curtains pulled back oh boy which nobody's lived up there for years so i was i was uh, across the street for the next couple of tours after that yeah I, it's either that or you paid a homeless person to pull the blinds back uh <laughs> I know, i've always talked about trying to get some costume people out or do a jump scare tour or something that would be maybe fun someday. yeah I went on your tour probably about four years ago at the OU tour and we were in the library Mm -hmm. and there's something about that library that I immediately kind of thought about the, the live, the opening scene of Ghostbusters. I was waiting to see a a stack of books stacked (laughs) neatly and, you know, cause no human Mm -hmm. could possibly Mm -hmm. that, but, uh, no, I, I've always enjoyed, uh, I know people that have been on numerous tours with you. I've been on a couple of tours with you. Uh, you definitely are one of the best in the biz. We talked to Terry French, uh, last week with Tulsa and, uh, Stacey Frazier and with Ooh. Guthrie. You guys got your hands full, but y'all are top notch. All of you are top notch. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We do our best. And I had some folks, uh, who had just been on a ghost tour in New Orleans and said that we, we met the bar. So if we can compete with New Orleans, like we're doing all right. Yeah. Backing up just a minute back to Enid. Um, if you don't mind, uh-huh. uh, you had worked with Tammy Wilson. She's with Erie Enid Ghost Tours. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. She's been doing it like for 15 uh-huh. or 20 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her Ghost Hummer book goes way, way back. Lots and lots of stories, uh, which, again, I learned so much as I was putting that book together with her just from things that I, I should have known but had, had never even imagined would happen in a little town like Enid. Yeah. That, that always shocks me when you come across one of those one of those places that's just loaded with history. And you don't think about it because you don't, you're in your little, we're all in a little bubble. Right. You know? And then we need people like Jeff Provine to write a book called Haunted Garfield County. And people like Garfield. And then yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so all of your books, are they available on Amazon? What's the best place to, to find your books? Uh, well, I've got them all linked together at jeffprovine.com. And you can got move from the links there. Uh, bookshop, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you like picking up your books. And you should have them at places like Walgreens and Jumbo, Walmart, all kinds of good spooky book shopping. Everywhere, spook, everywhere spooky, anywhere you can buy pumpkin spice, you can get Jeff Provine's book, right? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Jeff, 
your your tours fill up fast. Do people need to be booking ahead of time? How does how does the 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 next in line work? Do we have to book today to get on in two weeks or what? I'd recommend it. Uh, things are are we've got a few space on each of the tours, so don't delay too much. Uh, but I've got them all uh, through Eventbrite just to keep things organized. The far cry from when we were doing it back in 2015 and just kind of lined people up. And are are the tour dates and availability also available on JeffProvine.com? That's right. Yep. Perfect. Well, Jeff, as always, uh, you know, hopefully it's not going to be four years before we talk to you again, but uh, we do appreciate you taking the time out in your. I mean, I I'm surprised you're not doing a tour right now, but uh, the weather weather permitting, right? Tours are. <laughs> he might actually be holding his phone. <laughs> right. We may be on a live chat right now with the whole tour, but. Uh, we do appreciate you coming on. Uh, we know you're a busy guy, but tis the season. We gotta, we gotta have the pros on. Oh yeah, always, always glad to hang out with you guys. Well, we appreciate it, and thanks again. We are going to be collaborating on yes. a few different things coming up. Some hopefully spooky. with Jeff. Some spooky kookiness. <laughs> but dude, he he has a billion stories. Yeah, he's got a billion stories. I feel so out. Of, you know, I always talk to you about. And this is a little bit of uh, behind the scenes. I, I talk to you about interviews sometimes. I get a little bit of an imposter syndrome. Like, even if you're talking about something that I'm fascinated with, I feel like if I don't have a PhD in parapsychology, that, although we have done our own psychic, uh, you know, the Ghostbuster test, the psychic card test, mm-hmm. I still don't feel like we're qualified enough to talk about para, anything besides a para, you know, meatball subs. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he, he caught me with that one. I didn't, I didn't expect it. <laughs> but yeah, Jeff is always a treat to have on. And again, it, I had thought, okay, it's been a couple years since we talked to him last. But time flies when you're having fun. And really, time flies if you're Jeff Provine. I mean, he's, yeah. he's added, I don't know how many merit badges to his vest since we've talked to him last. But uh, definitely never a shortage of anything to talk about. Or share about, but yeah, looking really, uh, looking forward to collaborating with him and a few of our uh, other guests. Yeah, absolutely. Well. And again, if you want more information on anything that Jeff Provine's doing, check out his website, jeffprovine.com. Well, you know, we solicit and we rarely get any, you know, we've started to get some feedback. People are catching on. Hey, why don't we, why don't we actually do what they ask us to do? You know, it's called a call to action. You know, people in the, the podcasting profession refer to it as a call to action. You, you request your listeners to adhere to your rules and regulations. <laughs> and occasionally they do that. And one of the things we ask for on a semi-regular basis are suggestions of places we need to go. Yes. And do we have one of those? We do. So one of our loyal listeners, Deb Aura, it's literally D-E-B space, O-R-A-H, I'm assuming it's Deborah. reached out. Now, I don't, do you know how I feel about grilled cheese? Have we talked about grilled cheese? You're not a fan. Not a fan. So what does she send? She sends me the Crimson Melt, open in 2022. It's a gourmet grilled cheese experience. It is Air Force veteran owned, and it's literally two miles from my house. So you you have obviously fallen down on the job. I did. There's not a restaurant I know. within 20 miles of me I know. that I have not tried for the show. I know. I just found out about it. But 
why I haven't tried it yet? Two reasons. One is payday. The other one is <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of grilled cheese. Now, what I did say, because uh, I did tell her, I said, I'm not, I'm not a fan of messy food. She said, it's messy, but good to know. She went on to tell me that you want to go in hungry. Dude, they've got shakes that look like I, they've got candy bars sticking out of them. I don't know how you could have a grilled cheese and then have what we need to do. I really think we just need to do a show on this on this place. But gourmet grilled cheese, I'm not a huge fan. But you know what I told her? I said, you know what? For the listeners, I'll do it. So I'm I plan I, on what? I honestly don't know that there is a food in Oklahoma that I won't eat that we wouldn't eat for the show. For the, you know what? That's right. You don't because we do it all for listeners. It used to be Cowboys, but they're not. I think that was Langston's. They did it all for, was that Teeners? I don't know. Anyway, we do it all for listeners. We do. And if you're listening and there's a place that you want us to check out, a food that you think might stump Harley and Brett, yeah, feel free to shoot us over an email, onlyanokshow at gmail.com. I am always open to you changing my mind about grilled cheese, fudge, or anything. Challenge accepted. Well, this has been the Only an OK Show. I'm Harley. I'm Brett. And we're out of here. Peace. This show will not contain any outtakes. Warning. Try again. I like their post. My favorite part of fall is when the mosquitoes go back to hell. <clears throat> Four years and a pandemic later. Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Let's talk about COVID. COVID ghosts. Do you think there's a bunch of them? You're like the Ryan Seacrest of the paranormal. You're everywhere. Wow. Well, yeah, put that on a business card. Well, nice. don't do that because I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> it might it might degrade your career at this point. I don't know <laughs> oh, what my. he's doing right now. <laughs> Ghost tour season. Yeah, once the pumpkin spice hits the shelves, Jeff doesn't stop moving until the end of October or first of November. <laughs> until the That's flowers right. bloom in the spring. Right? You're going to be a granddad again for the fifth time. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be a granddad. Most of your children are boys. Most of your children are below the age of five. Yeah. So how the hell do you have like 22 grandchildren? Can I? Well, how do I say this? My son has the same amount of common sense that I do Okay, at my age that I did at his age. So, <laughs> my question to you, how much weed yeah. does your son and his significant other smoke? Because I saw the name and I thought you were messing with me. Oh, Willow? Willow, Willow Sage. Sage Manzer? Yeah. That... That's that is a, definitely that is a a baked name. That's yeah. There was it sounds like there was some either some I don't know some Val Kilmer involved or Warwick Davis or um, just a batch of some special some, brownies. Some special brownies made by Granddaddy Perp. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. The but the I think the bigger headline. It's been twenty years. Since a girl has entered the ring, it's it's been freaking Fight Club.
you do have a lot of boys on your side of the fence, I'm going to say. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I'm all about being Uncle Harley. Yeah. Favorite thing ever. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to have to work really hard on a nickname for Willow Sage. Willie. I'm going to tell you right now. And if you act up, you're William. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, Prince William. Because she's going to be spoiled. She'll never touch the ground. She'll never touch the ground. Oh, my yeah. kid, My kids are going to be just like, why is dad was never that nice to me? Yeah, I. You were supposed to be a girl. Like we bet, we bet money. We did blood sacrifices. We did, I don't know, rub a lemon on your abdomen. It all the witchery and ha- for that, all the witchery for the hatchery you could do to get a girl. When Tara found out that Mason, this is a true story. With the day we found out, got the phone call. Hi, ready to hear the gender? It was like. Literally, time st- that five seconds felt like an eternity. It was like, and all of a sudden, we don't even have a clock on the wall. And you could hear, and she said, "It's a boy." And I think I went, <gasps> and I think Tara went, "Okay." <laughs> she hung up the phone. She cried. Oh, and I was like, "Hey, I'm." I was hoping for healthy. She's like, "I was too." Yeah. I mean. We wanted one, so we kind of get one. Yeah, you, you know. You got a bonus granddaughter. Got a bonus granddaughter. So, I will say, from my side, yeah. I have four girls and one boy. My Ask my girls, and all of them will say that my son is my favorite. You know, that, you know the the accounting of how much time gets spent right, right, right. Is, is down to the nickel or, yeah. you know, the second with the girls. But I will tell you, every one of those girls completely melted my heart. Whereas oh, yeah. my son, like, just, eh. yeah, like, you can cry if you want. It yeah, doesn't right. have the it same impact. It doesn't have the same impact. And my mom couldn't be, while we're making a blood pact to whatever deity or that we could to, to have a girl, my mom, I think she sacrificed Six goats, a sheep, uh, a neighbor's cat, and a chicken to make sure it wasn't a girl. She does not, she, what? So why don't you want a girl? All they do is scream. Now the funny part about that is, Mason is, I love him. He's the baby. Uh huh. He is the biggest crybaby. He's got the bit, he, he's given her every, every bit of emotion that a girl ever could or would. And I said, you didn't have to get a girl. You got Mason. <laughs> he screams. He cries. He, yeah, he's got all the attitude you could ever want. But now, like, I couldn't get her to answer the phone when I knew the new, because Caleb told me, because I'd been hounding his ass. When you find something out, I want to know. I was calling him. We know anything yet? No, Dad. We won't know until next week. Next week rolls around. Well, know anything yet? No, you'll be, you'll, he literally says, Dad, you'll be the first person to know when I know something. So I get the, I see him call out of the blue. I'm like, well, it's a girl. I said, have you told, have you told Oma, which is my mom? He, he goes, not, I'm going to tell her, <laughs> I'm going to tell her last. That's so funny. she, yeah, she went dark for a little bit. Uh, oh. you couldn't reach her for, with a, I don't, with a messenger pigeon. Dude, she does, I don't understand how she, how she has developed an issue with yeah. baby girls. 
because she like your track record over yeah. there. Yeah. 99% boys. Oh yeah, I'd be if it was me, I'd be I'd be banking on the, a a chick to roll in at some point. As many girls girlfriends as I've had to only have 3 kids uh, and all of them be boys. I mean, you know, she kind of hit the lottery. So, I mean, she knows she's not getting one out of me now, you know. Yeah. The the hedges have been trimmed. <laughs> Nice. But anyway, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, spring 2024, dude. Everything changes. My kids will be begging for my attention. <laughs> I think we're three, two, three, two, one. Well, Oklahoma, 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 <laughs> Oklahoma, Scooby, Fabba, Abbott.